Oh, girl, you looking good today. Wow, I love that hair. All of that. that is, and what I love about it is it's not the things that you speak to yourself. It's what someone else has said. So that automatically gives it a measure of credibility. Right. You're listening to the Leverage Your Incredible Factor podcast with Danielle Jervy Harmon. The place to be to leverage and scale a business that serves you financially and spiritually. I'm your host, spiritual business growth strategist, Darnielle J. Harmon. Join me each week for inspiring stories, powerful interviews, and business growth strategy to help you experience abundance in your life because of your business. If you are ready to play and pray bigger, let's get this party started. If this is your first time joining me, there's just a few things I want to make sure that you know. Number one, I am not new to this. I am true to this. For more than 10 years, I have been growing businesses, period. I am the absolute best at combining spiritual principles with business growth strategy to turn entrepreneurs into multiple six and seven figure CEOs. And no, in case you were wondering, you do not have to choose. You can love God and make both loads of money. And I'm on a mission to create even more multiple six and seven figure CEOs. Oh, and we don't do hustle and grind. We do spirituality and systems. You might be wondering exactly what the incredible factor is. And if that's you, I invite you to go all the way back to our very first episode. I even give you a really powerful worksheet that you can download so that you can find yours because it is the key to beginning to leverage and scale your business. And I am tickle purple that you are listening in today. This episode is powered by Shatter Your Income Ceiling, my private advanced training that breaks down the framework that my clients and I are using to experience consistent $30,000 to $100,000 months in our service-based businesses. Learn more and apply today at partnerwithdarnielle.com. In today's episode, I sit down with Dr. Angela Grayson, and she says we all need to pause and breathe. Now, I have a little bit of a confession to make. Dr. Angela and I actually recorded this interview way back at the start of COVID-19. And I had every intention to release the interview when we first recorded it because it is so good. But can I just tell you, I am so happy and grateful that God told me to save it until now because the information that Dr. Angela shares with you in this particular episode is so much more needed now that we are almost a year into COVID-19 than it was when it had literally just started. And so I am so excited. Let me stop getting ahead of myself and read you a little bit about Dr. Angela's bio. So Dr. Angela Grayson is the CEO of Good Fruit Expressive Arts Counseling and Psychotherapy. Listen, this woman is just a powerhouse in the space of psychotherapy. And she has this added benefit. I'm actually not reading her bio now, if you realize that, um, of doing work as a board certified dance and movement therapist. And she also does a lot of work around executive stress management, and she's a licensed minister of dance. Now you might be sitting there saying to yourself, okay, 
How does all of this fit together? Let me tell you, it fits together magically. Dr. Angela has actually been my client for more than 10 years. And so I've literally watched the power of her work and how amazing she is in situations of stress and how she integrates creative arts and moving therapy to help people not only reduce stress, but to become more powerful leaders and to explode results within their organization. So I am really, really excited to share share Dr. Angela with all of you. This interview has the potential to really change your life. I know I say that every single time and it's because I'm always bringing you the bomb.com guests, but this time around, I literally really mean it. Grab pen and paper, take three deep breaths and come back and join me as we jump into my conversation with Dr. Angela Grayson. Dr. Angela, I am so excited to welcome you to the Leverage Your Incredible Factor podcast. Thank you so much for coming to hang out with me today. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. We'll get into how Dr. Angela and I know each other in a little bit, but take a few moments right now and just tell everybody who you are in your own words. Awesome. I'm Dr. Angela Grayson. By profession, I'm a clinical psychologist, but through inheritance and passing down of lineages and passing the torch, I am a spiritual healer. Um, and I'm also a dance movement therapist. So I've fused together those three things, like psychology, being a healer and dance into a, a lovely practice. Um, good fruit, expressive arts, creative, good fruit, Johnny, no my own business name. He's a terrible <laughs> Good fruit, expressive arts, counseling, <laughs> psychotherapy. That's what I get for being in the house with everybody else instead of being at my <laughs> office. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is I get choked up all the time. But I think what happens is when you know what the result of your work is, and so what you were saying, mm-hmm. pushing through was the creativity right. that you help people to experience by showing them how to merge the arts with stress management. Mm-hmm. That's what was happening, in case y'all were wondering. Well, Dr. Angela, um, I asked her to come and have this conversation with me today because, as you know, we have been in the COVID-19 pandemic for, what, eight weeks now, maybe even a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And very soon, we're coming up on the first set of dates when states around the nation are going to be reopening and offering people the opportunity of re-entry. And I wanted to create a series. This is our first time ever on the Leverage Your Incredible Factor podcast doing the series. And I think we're going to call this series Reunited. So for those of you who remember <laughs> Peaches and Herb from back in the day, I might even find the song and play it. Reunited. Right. So we're going to talk about um, what is it going to look like as we look to be reunited, right? We've all been staying home and staying safe only going out to for the extreme emergencies, like getting groceries. And some people are having their groceries delivered. So some people have not physically left their front porch. And by the time is this all said and done, 12 weeks time. And many people that, you know, will be listening to this podcast that are entrepreneurs that have their own office space, similar to like you do, or entrepreneurs that are moonlighting as employees, like how I did that, right? Like your business is your primary focus, but you have a little job on the side. Like they're going to be going back into the world. And I can just only imagine based on the hysteria that we've seen, that what the media portrays right now, how this might evoke stress 
and anxiety in people. And because I know amongst your specialties are stress management, um, I know you work primarily with executives and helping them to manage stress. I thought it would be great if I could bring you on so that you could just offer some some insight and strategy into what has the potential to happen. I know you also have participated in some town hall meetings to talk about mental health and those types of things. We just finished Mental Health Awareness Month not too long ago. So I just really wanted to create an opportunity for, for us to have a conversation around what this thing looks like, how we all need to be preparing, what are some things we can do from a mental health perspective to make sure that our self-care is high and serving us and then to be able to manage the anxiety that has the potential to show up once we start to uh, re-assimilate back and reunite with other people. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned Mental Health Month because actually we are in Mental Health Month right now. May is considered Mental Health Month. Oh, okay. It's the perfect time for people to really look at their stress levels, depression, anxiety, especially as we're transitioning back into the office or back to work or retail back to the store. And it's overwhelming because if you've been home all this time, if you or if you are not an essential employee, and if you are, thank you so much for all the hard work that you've been doing and sacrifices that you've made. Um, but if you're among the hundreds of thousands of folks who've been at home all this time, it's going to be a hard transition to go from home back into the office because there are a lot of what ifs. Yeah. What if somebody's sick? What if somebody passed away? What if, you know, what if the the structure is different now? My my desk was here. Now it's over there. So it's Mm -hmm. like all of these things to take into consideration with transitioning back into work. But but the biggest thing is the mental play that it has Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, feeling anxious. Am I going to get sick? If you're somebody who has like literally been in the house the entire time, then it's going to be really, really hard. And what I've really been encouraging folks to do is to get outside, even if it's to take a walk around your neighborhood so that you have a change of scenery, you're used to, you know, being outside of, you know, your domicile so that you're at least seeing folks or seeing pets or seeing, you know, trees or grass, seeing something other than the four walls that you've been sitting in for eight weeks. I think that that's really good. But what I I think we should do, I feel like we need to back up because I I think a lot of times um, professionals such as yourself and even I'll, you know, lump myself in there. We take for granted that people know what we mean when we say mental health. Mm -hmm. I know that mental health and mental health awareness has a stigma that is not always positive, but mental health is not a negative thing. So can you just break it down for everybody who's paying attention right now and listening of exactly what what do professionals such as yourself, psychotherapists, counselors, clinic, clinicians, when they say mental health, what do they mean? What we mean by mental health is really um, mental awareness. Paying attention to what things are driving your thoughts because your thoughts impact your emotions and your feelings. And so when we say mental health, we don't mean that you're crazy because that's the first thing people think of because that's what they show on TV and in the movies. And and those are really extreme, extreme cases of people who are symptomatic. I'm not necessarily crazy because we don't really like to use that term. Nobody's crazy per se, but people are highly symptomatic. I mean, and it's on a continuum. So either you have very few symptoms or you have really extreme symptoms Mm -hmm. and and that's for any diagnosis that you may have so mental health is really about taking care of and paying attention to the way that your mind works 
how your thoughts get processed, which drive your emotions and your actions. Yeah. And what I love about that is the word awareness. You know, we aren't always astute and aware about who we are, which can impact the way that we are affected by the things that are going on outside of us, but around us. Right. And so being able to look inward, to be able to have a practice that you're utilizing to evaluate how self-aware you are from a mental standpoint to determine whether or not you might need some additional support. I say all the time that my life was saved by a therapist, that if it were not for psychotherapy, I don't know who this woman (laughs) would potentially be right now. And I doubt that she would be incredible (laughs) because there was a lot of things going on and there are, um, patterns of mental illness in my family that definitely could have, those spirits could have latched onto me if I didn't do my due diligence from a mental health perspective and do that mental health self-care, which I think a lot of times people don't think about taking care of their mental as a form of self-care. But I love that being a part of your work and then intertwining that with the creative and giving people an outlet of expression in order to be able to help them from a a mental health perspective. So when we think about the immense amount of panic that swept through this country, I mean, some people are still shook. Not everybody is fully functioning um, Mm -hmm. right now. And it's, you know, not necessarily their fault. I think a lot of it has to do with the media and their sensationalization of what's going on right now. But given, let's err on the side of a worst case scenario, right? And so as people have been home and they're, you know, I was talking to a good girlfriend last night. It was her, her birthday. This is not funny, but I am chuckling. And she said, I hope that I don't get poisoning. And I said, what are you talking about? She's like, I'm so nervous that everything that comes in this house, I'm bleaching it. So oh my goodness. Bleaching her food. She's like, I, oh. I dilute it massively, but I'm washing my vegetables in a diluted bleach because I don't want to be impacted by this virus, right? So let's say that that is our extreme case right now. And she is one of the people who is going to have to go back to work when her company reopens. Right now she's working from Mm -hmm. home. What do you have to offer? And what I would love is if we can think of it in terms of a step-by-step, like what what are the things we should be doing right now in order to begin to prepare ourselves mentally um, and emotionally, because our mental and our emotions are hand in hand. And as you stated so eloquently, they impact our feelings and then ultimately the actions that we take. So what should we be doing? What's the first thing that any person who has to figure out how, how they're going to reunite with their coworkers once the country reopens? Like, what's the first thing we should be doing? Well, the absolute first thing that I recommend is, is to really pause and breathe. Uh, because you you have to center yourself. And mm-hmm. um, once you pause, breathe, put into place some positive affirmations. Because, like I said, that you know, talking about your mental health is the way that you think. And so, if we can shift the way that people are thinking about the the um, coronavirus and thinking about having to go outside or go back to work, then we have a, a greater chance of success. And oh, so, that's, that's so good. <laughs> So positive affirmations. So I have recently coming to come into a new appreciation for affirmations. I struggled with them because whenever I would make an I am statement, for the most part, I would like immediately be like, yeah, right. That's not my reality. Like I'm a millionaire. Yeah, right. (laughs) 
I mean, I'm actually a millionaire, but I'm just saying, using that as an example, right? Because you look at the reality and you're immediately talked out of it. And I think I may have even shared this with you before. So for the listeners, just so that you can be brought into the way that I started to see affirmations to bring home what Dr. Angela just said in a very real and tangible way for you. For those of you who are also believers, right? Think about the story of Moses and how Moses was tapped on the shoulder by God to go and go to Pharaoh and get the Israelites out of slavery. And he tried every excuse. He threw every excuse in the book at God. God was not relenting. No, you are the man for the job. So eventually Moses says, okay, well, why are they going to listen to me? Who should I say sent me? And then this is, you know, the the famous line. And he says, tell him I am sent you, right? I am that I am. And so once I went back and reread that story, um, of Moses, Dr. Angela, the way I started to look at affirmations changed because affirmations are I am statements. And what I realized is that every time we say I am, we are evoking God's presence. We're summoning God to our side so that whatever it is that follows I am is what God is beginning to lay out for us. And so I think, especially now, when you think about the possibility of panic, when you think about the um, the stagnation of, of being in the house, of being stir crazy. You know, I, I've had a few people say that to me. I'm stir crazy. I just need to get out of here. You know, uh, my husband even, he's like, I got to take a drive. Like, like you know, like li- being up here in this palace is like the worst thing ever. But anyway, <laughs> so I, I love that remix that I got on affirmation. So how can, for those people who maybe have never spoken anything positive over themselves or right now because they've been home (laughs) with their children and their spouse and they're not used to spending this much time with them. They don't have anything Mm -hmm. positive to say. Like how can we help them to experience a shift in the way that they're looking at affirmations so that as they speak these statements over themselves, after they pause and breathe, I thought that was really, really powerful and taking that time to center themselves, Mm -hmm. that these affirmations are actually going to stick be resonant and put them in a state that welcomes in more of what it is that they actually desire. Okay. Let me give a a tip for everybody. Uh, If you are new to affirmations or even if you already have a practice of affirmations, what I like to encourage people to do is to go back and write down every compliment somebody has ever given you throughout your life. And that will give you all the material you need for your affirmations because other people can see us even when we can't see ourselves, Ooh, that's so especially people who see your light shining. Those are the people who really see who you are and they constantly speak affirmation to you and, and speak positivity into your life. And so if you go back and write down every compliment that you've received, that kind of sets the, the foundation for your affirmations. That is so good. Oh my gosh. Hold on. Here's my purple hand clapper. <laughs> That was so good, Dr. Angela. Like, I mean, I've always said create an a compliment in an accomplishment journal mm-hmm. so that you can be confident, but that is perfect. Someone says, Oh girl, you looking good today. Wow, I love that hair. All of that. That is and what I love about it is it's not the things that you speak to yourself, it's what someone else has said. So that automatically mm-hmm. gives it a measure of credibility. Right. Oh. Right. I, that is and so they're like, cool. keep it, keep it on your phone or keep it where it's accessible yeah. on those days where you're not feeling like you, the star that you are, go and read, just scroll through and read them. 
That is so good. Okay. All right. So we're going to pause and breathe and center ourselves. Is there a specific amount of time that we should look to focus on pausing and breathing? It can be anywhere from one minute all the way to an hour and, you know, really turn it into a meditation practice. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to, you know, try to sit still and quiet for an hour, especially if you're just starting out, you're never going to be able to do that because it, it takes a lot of time to train your mind not to grab hold of all of the thoughts that are whizzing by. Right. Um, and so what I also recommend people do is to pick a power word. And so if you pick the power word um, energy, for example, mm-hmm. every time you find your mind wandering, focus back on your word. And so it has to be a word that has meaning for you and, and something that empowers and encourages you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. Okay. So we're going to pause and breathe. We're going to center ourselves. And if need be, we're going to um, enact our power word to get ourselves back on focus. Then we're going to recite positive affirmations over ourselves. And we're going to create them by keeping a compliment uh, journal, writing down everything we've ever been told about ourselves and turning them into those positive I am statements so that we can affirm ourselves over and over and over again. And then what's the next thing we're going to do? Well, the next thing we're going to do is if you know, haven't done, I should have said this earlier on the list, stop watching the news. Stop, <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> because that, that feeds our thoughts, right? And, and because the way our brains work, our brains gravitate and grab hold of negativity. Right. That's just the way that our brains are wired. And so watching the news and all the conflicting information and, and all of, you know, the stuff that's happening from day to day just feeds the fear that we already have about the coronavirus. And so walk away. If you really need updates and information, go to the World Health Organization or the Centers for Disease Control. They have the most accurate and up-to-date information. Everything else is just somebody's opinion. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I agree with that. I can't tell you the last time I watched the news. You know what? I can tell you the last time I watched the news. <laughs> it's probably about three and a half, maybe four, maybe even longer. Whenever the government was shut down when Obama was in office was the last mm-hmm. time I watched the news. I went to take my dad to dialysis and they took him back and I'm in the waiting room and the TV was on CNN and the man on the TV said, it's day nine of the government shutdown. There was one other gentleman in the waiting room with me and I was like, I like scratched my head and I was like... I asked this man if that's what he said. And so I was like, okay, do it. So I turned to him and I was like, excuse me. Did he just say it's day nine of the government shutdown? Yeah, yeah, it's been going on for quite some time. I felt like, well, where do I live? Because I had no idea what was going on. But that's the way that I protect my energy, my, my heart, my mind, my spirit. It's such an important thing, especially when we're in a time like this. Now, I get it. You know, everybody wants to be abreast of the things that concern them. Um, but there's so much more negativity. And I love what you just said a few moments ago, that our brains are wired to grab negativity and feed our fear. I believe that that's what our ego does because our ego's job is to try to keep us safe, right? It, right. It, it thinks that when we are afraid, we will shrink back and then that's how we'll stay in a safe space. Mm-hmm. But what it actually does is it prevents you from growing. And if you're not growing, you're dying. And that's, you know, just never a good place to be. So I, I love that. Turn the news off. I would even say, go so far as to say, if you go on, we'll pick on Facebook. If you go on Facebook, don't go to your 
home feed, just go to your page. Mm-hmm. If anyone, you know, check your email. Don't allow yourself the opportunity to go and be sucked in to all of the negative things that are happening because it does make it challenging for you to, to stay astute about what's mm-hmm. most important for you. And depending upon your propensity to anxiety, this could heighten that, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I have clients who already have diagnosable anxiety disorder and it's really heightening their anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, They can't go outside because every, the thought of going outside invokes a panic attack, Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, a panic attack, if you don't know what that is, is, is a multitude of symptoms from shortness of breath to dizziness, um, to confusion, to uncontrollable sobbing, crying, body aches. I mean, there are a myriad of conditions. Um, some people say, have described it as feeling like they're having a heart attack mm-hmm. because your, your heart is beating so fast and furious. And so it's really, that's why number one is like tuning in and checking in with yourself. The more mm-hmm. you are aware of how your actual body works and responds to stress triggers, then you have a, a better chance of, you know, curtailing those symptoms and triggers from overtaking you. Yeah, I think I think that's good too because it is so easy to get sidetracked when you are not in tune. Like for me, that's a big part of what alignment is, right? So it's not just about being in alignment with God and seeing myself the way that he sees them, but being in alignment with myself, being able to know my body, right? Knowing when mm-hmm. I need a break, when I need to whether it's a mental break or a physical break or whatever it is, but being cognizant of all of those things. So we, we are at the point where it's time to go back to work, right? Like this, this thing is real and it's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to pause and breathe and center ourselves. We're going to recite our positive affirmations and we're going to stop watching the news. Like what else is essential for, preparation for that first day back into the office? What are other things that we really need to do to make sure that we can go in there and we can, you know, be a positive contribution and not continue to heighten the fear and anxiety that is already going to show up there and meet us there? Mm -hmm. Well, another key thing that people can do is to reincorporate your work schedule while you're at home. So take your 15 minute breaks Mm-hmm. Take your 30-minute or hour lunch. And so you're recreating your schedule before you even have to go back to the physical um, building. Oh, that's so good. So good. I love it. And also for, for those of you out there, and I know you're out there who don't take your breaks at all and you eat your lunch at your desk, stop it. You really need to recharge your mind. And so getting out, walking away from your desk for your 15-minute breaks going to eat lunch somewhere else other than your desk really gives your mind a a recharge. And so you have enough energy and creativity to finish your day strong. Yeah, that's so good, Dr. Angela, because I struggle with that too. Like I will go and, you know, I work from home, so I will go and I will make a sandwich and I will bring my sandwich back into my office and I will eat. And it is, it is, it is always more disruptive than if I had to just, whenever I go in the house and I eat, with my husband and then come back. Mm -hmm. I'm always so much more productive returning to my work than I am when I try to bring my food into my workspace. So I think that that's important, but I love that tip. So I just wanted to underscore that because I think it's important. Like, you know, most people are home and their schedule has just become loosey goosey, right? Mm -hmm. They're 
leaping in, especially if their job is giving them the leniency of just get your job done. You don't have to be held to a schedule. So they're sleeping in, they're working through their breaks and their lunches just to get it all done, but to to have the benefit of working from home and everything that goes along with that. But I love the thought of reincorporating your work schedule. So if you know you work, you're, you're due at work at 8 a.m., be downstairs in your workspace or whatever designated space at 8 a.m. If you know your first break is at 1015, then get up, you know, for 15 minutes at 1015. I love that. I think that, I think that what I feel like I'm hearing you say, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is the more we can recreate what it's like to be in the office, the easier it will be when we go back. Now, we still have to deal with the potential elephant in the room, though, right? right. We have to deal with the fact that your your desk mate or the person you know who had the office next to yours could have been impacted by COVID so substantially mm-hmm. that they lost their life. They lost the battle and they're mm-hmm. not there anymore. So, um, and I know you have uh, personal experience as well as clinical experience with grief. Yes. Like, what do we do then? Yeah. And, and it's important to check in before you get to work. And so maybe if your supervisor hasn't recommended to have a virtual team meeting before you even go back into the space to get an update on, you know, what's going on. Everybody gets to check in, um, get update on the news, like what's happening. And, and at that time, hopefully, if somebody was impacted by the coronavirus and they survived, then you get to, you know, kind of celebrate with them. If somebody, unfortunately, did not survive the coronavirus, then you also can prepare your mind and your heart to kind of grieve that person and, or even have, you know, a brief prayer or ceremony um, for the person who did not survive. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good. I love that. I would have never thought of that. Now, granted, I haven't worked <laughs> with other people in a long, long time, but I love the thought of making sure that at minimum there's been some type of a check-in or if there is a virtual team meeting to kind of get the lay of the land of what you're expecting before you actually get back there. So you can mm-hmm. kind of steady yourself and ready yourself. Now, it's probably likely Dr. Angela, that if you worked and your team was close knit, you wouldn't you would have already been made aware of anybody who right. as a result of the virus. But being able to have that check in, especially if uh, someone did pass away and now their responsibilities have the potential to be landing on your plate so that mm-hmm. you can set appropriate expectations and kind to kind of, you know, pr- ready yourself for what might be coming down the pike as you go back. Um, I think that that's really, really important, um, too. Once we're in the space, so we're at work now, we're reunited with our coworkers and we're starting to feel the pressure, the anxiety and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that angst that goes along with now you're in this space and your, your physical reality is maybe the thing that you feared the most. How do we... I can't think of any other way to say this, so I'm just going to apologize in advance that this is not the best analogy. How do we talk ourselves down off of the ledge? Like, how can we self-soothe or um, allow ourselves, heal ourselves, allow ourselves to shift from the panic that might be happening in that moment so that we can do our best to be as productive and positive in a situation that may not be either? Okay. Um on the way to work, on the drive, and, and this is something that I recommend even when there's not um, a worldwide pandemic 
set your day, set your intention. So as you're even driving in, start pumping yourself up. Um, if you have a theme song, pump your theme song up in the car so that you mentally prepare to walk through the door. And once you get in there, sit at your desk, maybe take some fresh flowers, take something to kind of shift the energy around, you know, around your workstation so that mm-hmm. it's not exactly the same as it was when you were there because now you're different because of what's happening in the world. And so you want to bring something new and fresh and different to your space and your environment. What about sage? Should we should we all get sage and <laughs> sage our work area? <laughs> if you're allowed, that would be great. I know, right? I don't know if it's permissible, but I mean, I Most think places you can't bring fire. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> might, not, might not be able to use sage. Um, is there like an essential oil that maybe would help us to? Because I know you love aromatherapy as yes. a part of your work. So is there maybe an, an an essential oil that maybe we need to go get on Amazon right now so that we have that we can dab on our temples or some other pressure point to help keep us calm? Yep. Um, The go-to is lavender. Um, Really, really good for its calming effects. Also, um, eucalyptus. I know people hear eucalyptus, they think medicine-y, but it actually gives you a a balance of energy and calm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chamomile, if you can find chamomile, is also great. Well, we don't want to fall asleep at work, though. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, some people won't put us to sleep. Okay, I'm, I'm specifically speaking to more people like you, Danielle, who are like, you know, on ten. So <laughs> we might need to kind of <laughs> rein it in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Angela knows me a little bit, y'all. <laughs> I spend the majority of my time on ten, which is funny, but okay. <laughs> Making sure because I know when I have a, a, a cup of chamomile tea, I'm out like a light. So I'm thinking if my anxiety is high, it's not going to have the same effect. Got you. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these are great. Let me just um, pull back the layer and just talk about these a little bit more, just to make sure everybody caught these last set of tips for once you're in the workplace, if you are feeling a little anxiety or pressure, things that you can do. And I love I love every single one of them. So on your drive in. Instead of listening to the radio or, you know, NPR or any of those things you might typically do, set some intentions for the day. I think it would be a great idea at that time to add in your positive affirmations. And then I love playing your theme song. And what I love about music is music is one of the fastest ways to shift your energy. So it's going to put you in a state that is um, attracting abundance in the things that you want instead of detracting from it. Having some fresh flowers, that is such a great tip. So, you know, I I think hopefully everybody will be walking into work on that first day back with a bouquet of flowers for their desk, which I think is awesome. And then look at potentially getting some essential oils, lavender, eucalyptus, or chamomile oils to be able to keep you calm. Mm -hmm. And, And if you are allowed to have a diffuser, that would be even great. Oh, yeah. That might be challenging though, but you know, but if that's something that you can do and there are diffusers that don't necessarily have the water spitting out, you can get one that's a, you can get a dry diffuser depending mm-hmm. upon how big your workspace is. We'll, we'll determine whether or not that would be acceptable. Um, but I think that those things are really good. What questions should they be asking of their employers before they return back to work? Um, especially if they have been sitting in, in panic and fear over these last eight weeks. Are there any tips that you would have there that maybe they should consider questions they should ask that'll help to offset the level of anxiety they might be feeling when they walk through the door? 
Of course, I know some folks have done this already, but you know, ask them, is it okay if you start um, a prayer team? Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you're a believer and there are other believers in your workplace, you know, set aside your 15 minute break or you know, your lunch break to go and have prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course you wanna ask because people get kind of you know, up in arms about bringing religion into the workplace, mm-hmm. but also start a walking group. Mm-hmm. So on your, one of your 15 minutes again, or your lunch break, take a walk, you know, you and two, three, four, five people just start a walking group around the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so different ways to kind of recharge and, you know, refocus and also staying in the present, staying in the, in the present moment. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people are talking about mindfulness, which is about, you know, staying present and grounded in the moment and, you know, not focusing on the thoughts as they go by. Acknowledge it, but don't do anything with it unless it's something that is pertaining to you meeting deadlines. Of course, we don't want you to get in trouble getting back to work and now you're getting written up and you want probation. (laughs) Definitely. That's all so good. And I I love the staying in the present, staying fully present, Mm -hmm. reminding yourself of what you're grateful for. I think that's something that's an, an important practice, period, but especially in the face of panic and fear because there's no way that you can be in fear if you are in gratitude. So making sure that you take a step back and and remind yourself of all that you have to be grateful for. I mean, you know, some people are losing their jobs and not able to go back to work. Some people lost their lives. So there are reasons, even in the midst of everything that's going on, to be grateful and express that gratitude and to be able to take that with you. This is great. This is a great list. I hope those of you who are listening to this episode really got some clarity and some power to help you if you are worried about what's going to happen when you get the call that it's time to go back into work and to be able to make sure that in doing so, you, you're taking the healthiest version of yourself back, right? Because we have a responsibility uh, when we are an employee to make sure that we bring the best version of ourselves yeah. to work every single day. And so you're going to be doing your part. Dr. Angela has given us so many juicy tips. I'll put these in the show notes so that they'll be able to refer back to them as they listen right. to this episode over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to share before we get ready to get you out of here? I have those final three questions, but anything else you want to mm-hmm. share before we go into them? Yes. Um, one other key tip is to have a point person, somebody who you know can talk you off the ledge. Mm. And so, yeah. So if you feel your anxiety rising or if you are feeling overwhelmed or closed in, have somebody that you can reach out to and they can, you know, really get right to the point and help you kind of bring it back down so that you okay. can focus on your work. Awesome. That's so. This is so good. I'm so glad that I decided to, you know, set up this conversation with you because I know people are going to be blessed and now they're going to be more prepared instead of looking in fear about exactly what it is they're going to do when they, they get the call that it's time to go back to work. So before I let you go, you know, I have those three incredible factor wisdom questions. First question is what is your favorite quotes? My favorite quotes, my goodness. Actually I have it right here on my desk. Believe nothing is impossible. Mm, That's good. And I think especially right now, um, it's such an important reminder. All right. And what was the last book you read? Last book I read was Moving in Glory Realms. Okay. I'll find out who that is by, unless you know the author. 
I can't tell you right off. I'm reading okay, like three right. other things right now. Y'all find it and put it in the show notes. And then one tool you swear by to grow your business. Breathing. Mm. <laughs> it's the first time we've ever gotten that answer, but I love it. I mean, like how, and like just at the bare bones, how in the world can you grow your business if you're not breathing? But what I know you mean is it's stepping back, centering yourself. Sure making sure that you've got your goals mm-hmm. at the forefront, you've set an intention, like basically everything that you've said throughout this interview. Mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you yeah. so much, Dr. Angela, for being here. And I didn't say this earlier, but Dr. Angela is a client. <laughs> <laughs> Been a client forever. Yeah. <laughs> if I can remember. Um, so I'm just excited to be able to feature your, your genius and to have you share. So um, I will make sure that we get however you want people to stay in touch with you. If you have any resources or things that you'd like to offer to them, we'll get that information and put that in the show notes so that they can stay connected to you. I know you have, um, oh, I can't, why, why am I drawing a blank? The meditation cards. Like, would it yes. be helpful? Like, so make sure you get me that information because maybe okay. you might want to get a set of the cards as a part of their practice to get themselves ready to, to get back into work. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you. My pleasure. Okay. So are you feeling warm and fuzzy like I'm feeling warm and fuzzy? Didn't I tell you that you were going to love my conversation with Dr. Angela? I literally hope that you walked away with some really powerful nuggets of how you can begin to better manage the stress that you might be feeling, especially because COVID-19 is rearing its ugly head again. The numbers are continuing to increase. There's more panic and anxiety than I think there was at the start of it last year. And I really want you to exist inside of a space that allows you to realize who you are, whose you are, and more importantly, what is waiting for you on the other side of that stress and anxiety that you've been letting stop you. There were so many powerful nuggets that Dr. Angela shared with you. I really do hope that you caught them all. And in case you didn't, I just want to do a quick rundown for you. She said, I don't know, several times throughout the interview, pause and breathe. That's why that's the name of this particular episode. And that it really is about centering yourself and centering yourself in the modality that works best for you. There's something magical that happens with positive affirmations and writing down all of the compliments that you've gotten, picking a power word, turning off the dang blasted nudes because it's going to feed your negativity meter and it's going to feed your fear and realize that there's something magical that happens as you start each day by setting intentions and making sure that you have fresh flowers on your desk if you want to shift your energy. I love when she shared about the essential oils. Like, I don't know if you guys knew this, but the power of lavender and eucalyptus and how they both will help you to restore your energy and replace the stress and anxiety with calm. And it is okay to start a prayer team and to have people actually help helping to support you and edify you in all of the things that you're doing. So I'm excited for you because I know that there are some powerful tips that as we round the bin on what has become COVID-19 will really help you to pause and breathe. I'll see you guys next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Leverage Your Incredible Factor Business Podcast. If after listening to this episode, you know that it's time that you stop playing and praying small, 
you should go grab my Grow Your Business Toolkit. Based on the pillars of business optimization, this toolkit is the only resource you need to get crystal clear about what it will take to take your business to the seven-figure mark. Go grab yours today at growyourbiztoolkit.com. And if you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor. Head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember you deserve to scale your business, shake the planet, and fund the life you crave. Take care.